as our shepherd, as our father. And we'd ask that you might speak clearly to us concerning the truth of your word. Sometimes we find ourselves getting hung up in meanings and and understanding and grasping, struggling with areas that are difficult for us to comprehend. We find ourselves in struggling situations and we ask ourselves, well, why are we here? What have we done? Those dark valleys of life. And Father, today we'd ask that you might help us to understand more clearly how we can walk through those valleys and how they can be productive. How they can be places in which we are instructed, in which we gain understanding, in which we build a relationship with you. And not simply a series of laws and legalistic rules that we follow because we think it's a good thing to do. Lead us, Lord, in understanding of your truth. In understanding of you. And we ask that in your Son's name, Father. Amen. So the the first three verses, we were able to see God working specifically in our church with specific people and how he's working through those areas. And we walked with it very, very closely. Today, we're going to talk about this area of walking with the shepherd in in tough times, in dark places. And I guess the biggest thing that I would say to you is when you're in a dark place, when you find yourself in this questionable area, when you find yourself having to face all these fears, don't panic. Don't panic. Instead, turn on the light. And allow God to speak to you to give you direction and understanding in what needs to be done and also in relationship to who you are. And someone said, well, how do I turn on the light, Pastor Lee? How do you turn it on? Well, I think he gives us some instructions here. The first thing he says, he says, the Lord's my shepherd, you know, I shall not want. He makes me. He leads me. He guides me. And then it says he walks with me. He walks with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's a slow down picture here. I'm walking, not running through dark valleys. The biggest thing I try to tell couples when I share with them is you need to learn to walk through times of difficulty. Don't run. Take your time. Be patient. Recognize where you're at and deal with it thoroughly. If you don't, You'll come right back to the same valley. You'll just go in a big circle. You'll be right there again in this dark place of question, place of doubt, a place in which you find yourself wondering, does God care about me? And how on earth did I get here? Now, remember, it continues from this statement where he says, I'm guiding you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then we're in this dark valley. And that's the point. He said he has led you to this place intentionally. His desire is to give you some understanding of how life really works. It's time to deal with fears and failures and to build trust and intimacy. And now if you ever had any down times, have you ever had any down times? Any dark times? Any gloomy times? If you don't have those kinds of times, if it's all sunshine 
then you're in a desert. Things are drying up in your life. God has to bring some rain in in order to bring about produce or productivity in our lives. So when we find ourselves in these difficult times, we recognize these are the times that God's going to build some character in us. Life's a mixture of pain and pleasure, of victory and defeat, of success and failure, mountaintops and mountain valleys. All sunshine and no rain makes a what? Desert, right. All sunshine and no rain makes a desert. So we need to affirm the reality about the valleys of life and then how to deal with those realities in our life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, he's trying to tell us that the the most difficult valley you're going to walk through, you need not fear evil because God is with you. And his rod and his staff will give protection as well as preparation in the midst of that difficult valley. So you need to walk slowly, knowing that dark valleys are unavoidable. You cannot avoid dark valleys. They're all unavoidable. Here he uses the term shadow of death. It actually became a euphemism. We know that now. So when we took the valley of the shadow of death, we understand this is a dark place, as a difficult place, as a struggling place. But in Israel, there's actually a valley called the valley of the shadow of death. It's a very dark place in which the sun rarely shines because of the mountainous structure there. And the road goes right through the middle of it. It's a road, interesting enough, from Jerusalem to Jericho. In fact, as I was reading, I was thinking, Jesus talked about this road from Jerusalem to Jericho that a man was walking down and he was attacked by robbers and beaten. And then as a variety of different people came down that road and saw him, instead of dealing with it, they quickly ran through and ran away. But the good Samaritan stopped and helped him and brought him to a place of safety. The valley of the shadow of death. Oftentimes I find Jesus over and over again has got this far broader picture of what's really going on than what we thought. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So this steep, dark place where the canyons are very, very steep on side to side and where it's easy for people to hide in and to become attackers rather than supporters in your life. Uh, Another valley that was often referred to as the valley of the shadow of death was a special valley located in Israel by which babies were sacrificed to Baal prior to the time Israel takes over. That's one of the reasons that God brings them into Israel to wipe out these particular groups of people that are involved in these sacrificial processes. And this particular valley was one in which the the various quote-unquote priests would sacrifice the babies to their God. And the valley is known as the Valley of, of Gehenna. Now, Jesus speaks to this particular valley. By the time of the Romans, this valley has become a place in which they don't sacrifice baby now. It's become a garbage dump. And the fires are always burning there because they're throwing everybody in. And the Romans have begun to use this valley as a place to dump bodies in. That once a person's body was crucified, a person was crucified, they'd be loaded up on the, on the various trailers, brought over to the valley of Gehenna, and then dropped into this valley where this burning was going all this time, this incredible stench of dead human flesh. And the name Gehenna was changed 
to the name Gehenna, which we call hell. Sheol. In this case, this particular valley was a place of evil and a recognition that people were dropped here who were themselves seen as evil people. And their bodies then were burned to death. The valley of the shadow of death. A lot of different pictures that come into play as we read this idea, this concept. You see, all of us are going to go through valleys of difficulty that will feel like a shadow of of death itself and bring struggle into our life. They're going to happen to you. You might as well count on them. The question isn't if, the question is when. The question is, are we prepared when they come our way? Jesus said, in this world you will have, yeah, trouble, persecution, difficulties. But it's okay. I've overcome the world. He said, I, I will be with you. I will walk with you in these difficult, struggling times. Some of you have just come out of a valley, and you are happy campers. Okay? Oh, so glad to have that behind me. And some of you are going into a valley. And you're not happy at all. And some of you are right in the middle of it. Some of you are struggling in your marriages. And your relationship has become bristling. And you feel like two porcupines trying to hug one another. And you're going, what happened to that great happy time? I'm in a dark valley. And Lord, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of it. Well, the truth is the valleys are unavoidable, but they're also, they're not unending. There will be an end to each valley that you're in. I know right now it feels like there's no end to this valley. It's like a tunnel that there's no end. There's this teeny tiny light way at the end of it. But I'm afraid it's a train coming my way. And it's not. God is saying, look, I want to walk with you in the darkness of this valley and bring you some lights. Turn on the light. So that God might speak to you. You see, the valleys are not meant to be permanent locations. Don't build your house there. Don't put up a tent here. Keep walking. Face your fears. Struggle with your failures. Don't just give up and give in and say, that's it. I'm done. It's a dark valley. But it's not intended to be a place that you stay in. It's something you go through, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Keep walking. It's not a dead end. Don't allow discouragement to take up residence in your place. You need to recognize that this place, is, it, it's a guest time. You know, you bring a guest in. I always tell people, when I bring in a guest, I don't want to stay at my house very long. I put them on the futon. Yeah, futon is Japanese for go home. (laughs) Dark valleys are places for us to say, okay, I'm not staying here. I'm moving through this. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to struggle with it. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to speak to God in the midst of it, and He's going to become my God. My relationship's going to get stronger. Because, you see, valleys are unavoidable, but they're not unending. I want you to turn to say to the person next to you, valleys are unavoidable, but not unending. Go ahead. 
Valleys are unavoidable, but not unending. There you go. You got that? Folks, you can't plan for them. You can't time them. You can't schedule them. They're unexpected. They always come at the worst time. Have you ever had a flat tire at a good time? Ever have an engine blow up at a good time? Oh, Lord, it's time for you to have my house fall down. Oh, great. Yeah, this is a good time, Lord. Go ahead. It's always unexpected. How easily a good day becomes a bad day. I remember finishing my mom's funeral. I get a phone call from the doctor saying, and by the way, you need to sit down. You do have cancer. Great day. Great day. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Ah! I just got done doing my mom's funeral. Really? Come on. They're unexpected. They're unavoidable. It's the nature of dark valleys. Jeremiah says, disaster follows disaster. In an instant, all my tents are destroyed. My shelter falls. We're not immune to them. We're not insulated from pain and sorrow. Nobody gets to skate through life's problems. Everybody has them. Good people, bad people. Difficulties, disturbances, downtimes, depression. doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're a person. You're a person living life in a broken world. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. Bummer. Yeah, amen, but bummer. You see, valleys are impartial. The rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. And Jesus tried to tell us that. He says, it's impartial. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. Sometimes it does. But oftentimes it's simply a crisis That's a, simply an opportunity in disguise. An opportunity in disguise. So when you go through these difficult times in these valleys, your response really shouldn't be, why me? But as Glenn shared with me, I always, when I get in these valleys, I say, well, why not me? Why, why not me? Why should I be the only one in the universe that never has a tragedy or a loss? Or loses a loved one. Instead of saying, why me? We say, well, why not? Things are not perfect. There are problems. There are difficulties. There are struggles. Christians and non-Christians. Disasters and and tragedies happen to all of us. You see, the wonderful thing about being a Christian is not that I don't go through valleys. They're all unpredictable. But that when I go through the valleys, I recognize that they're not unintentional. They're not unintentional. In my life now, I recognize that God uses my valleys to build in my life things that won't be taken care of in any other way. Doubt and depression and despair and discouragement and defeat. There's a reason behind it. Peter said, at the present time, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials. But it's not an accident. It's there to prove your faith. And the word prove means strengthen your faith. It's not prove you have faith. It's to strengthen the faith that you have that it might become stronger. Because you're going to have some worse trials than this one later. 
and you need to be prepared for them. God wants to build your faith in the valleys of life. We love the mountaintops, but you don't build faith on mountaintops. It just doesn't happen. Faith is built in the valleys of life. When things are going great, everything is fine, you think, God, you can go take care of somebody else, I'm good. Got this handle, Lord. But when everything falls in, when everything falls apart and you're overwhelmed and discouraged, you know what you do? You fall on your knees and you go, Oh God, I desperately need your help. Please, please, Lord, speak to me. Show me. Teach me. Guide me. Reveal yourself to me. Now, I hurt so badly. My soul, my soul, it hurts. You see, and that's the time in my life and in yours when the Holy Spirit comes in and draws close and He speaks to us and we hear Him. And this relationship develops that we didn't have before. See, he says, we have no fear of evil at that point in time. He doesn't say we don't have any fears. He says, we have no fear of evil because you are with me. It's that relational aspect. I begin to go, God is with me. It's okay. It's okay. And he speaks to me. And he holds me. And he reminds me of who he is. And we walk together. And I begin to go, you know, I think I'm going to get through this. I think I'm going to gain a better understanding of who God really is and how he works in my life. And how he can overcome all fears. And the lesson there is simply you need to resist the fear. I will fear no evil. We should be wearing those no fear t-shirts, right? No fear. And on the bottom of it, God is with me. No fear. God is with me. Hallelujah is right. It's like, man, Lord, this is incredible. What a wonderful thing to experience your presence in the midst of my problems. And that begins to happen at that time. I refuse to be discouraged. I resist the fear. I'm not going to be afraid. I'll calmly walk through the valley. Lord, teach me what you need to teach me. Make this happen. I'm your patient. I will patiently, slowly walk through the valley. Help me to understand. And God will strengthen you by His own great power so that you won't give up when troubles come. But you will be, I put in A, patient. You will learn. You will grow. As you focus not on your circumstances, but on your Savior. Not on your situation, but on Jesus Himself. Not in your problems, but on God's power. And we begin to lose our fear, and the fear begins to float from us. This fear of ultimate evil. Sin has lost its sting. Fear of death? It's gone. Yes, I have cancer, but I'm okay. Life is 
wonderful. It's good. And God is in the midst of all these things. And I'm blown away by it. This peace that passes understanding. Because it's not from me. It's from Him who walks with me. In the midst of this struggle and this difficulty. You see, valleys, they're not unintentional. They're not unending. They're always unpredictable. They're totally unavoidable. But as He is with me, they become something that I almost desire. Lord, walk me through the valley. Walk me through the valley. We learn to lean on His presence and His protection for peace. And that's kind of the next part. He says, lean on Him. I love that song that the guys sang, Lean on Me. But really, when I listen to it, I don't even think about my brothers and sisters. I think of God saying, lean on me, Lee. It's okay. Lean on me. Don't be concerned about it. Lean on me. Watch what happens when you depend on me in this situation over and over and over again. Watch. I'll show you. For you will be with me. You're with me every moment. It's the promise of being in the valley. He promises His presence when you walk in the valley. You never go through a dark day alone. God said, I will be with you. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you won't drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you won't be burned up. The flames will not consume you because I will be with you. You see, that's the cry of the valley. God is with me. So I don't fear. Every step, slowly, And I find myself looking up and saying, Lord, speak clearly. Show me the way. And instead of trying to see exactly where I need to go, I hold his hand and he leads me where I need to go. I watched a blind person just yesterday going down the street. And they had their friend next to them. They were walking along with them. And they weren't using their cane at all. They were just kind of walking along. It was great because they were following the lead of the one who could see in the midst of their blindness. And that's the cry. In those dark valleys, I can't see. But the one who is light can. And he says, hold my hand. I will walk with you. And that's why I think David changes in this psalm from he leads me beside, he restores me, he guides me, to you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. It's in the dark valleys of life that we find ourselves face to face with our God. And that's the cry where the ultimate becomes the intimate. You see, when I'm in dark valleys, I don't want to talk about God. I want to talk to God. I don't want to discuss theological concepts or ideas. I want to discuss the very presence of He who changes everything. You see, that's the purpose of dark valleys. And we're able to talk to God and our religion becomes a relationship because I'm perplexed 
and I'm depleted and I find myself in despair. And so I cry out to God and he hears my cry. And he says, you're not alone. You're not in this by yourself. I have led you. You have followed me. And as you are here, I will be with you. You see, the question in the valleys is not, is God with me? The question is, am I following his leading to this place? That's why I said earlier, there are times we're in valleys of our own making. It's the old, you made your bed, you get to lie in it thing. See, there's some times where God says, you know, Lee, I told you not to go there. How does it feel? I'm going, not so good. Good. Now get out of there. Let's go. Follow my lead now. And oftentimes, in that dark place, he brings me through another valley before he brings me up. It's a valley of teaching and training and understanding so that I won't fall back into that place again. He leads me. He guides me. He makes me. He is with me. You are with me. You see, we lean on God because as we do, He will rescue us. Your rod and your staff bring comfort. Psalm 34 says, The righteous face many troubles, but the Lord rescues them from each and every one. From each and every one. You know, today's shepherds don't use rods, they use guns. Same thing, just different situation. They go, you attack my sheep, I will shoot you. You don't mess with the shepherd's sheep. He will shoot you. And God is saying, you mess with my sheep, I will stop you with my power. And it's far greater than any gun or any rod as such. Your rod and your staff protect me. God is saying, I've got your back. The staff was the way in which he would pull the sheep closer in order to inspect them and help them recognize the trouble they were in and and move them back into the spot they needed to be at. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Just a final couple thoughts here. We talk about a shadow the valley of the shadow of death. It's that shivering place, you know, where, where you get this uh, shiver up your spine. I, I went to our house just the other day. We walk into the house, and my wife is in front of me, and she opens the door, and she unlocks it, and as she opens the door, my son's hiding off to the side. And he just one of those, ha! You know, she goes, ah! And I'm on the other side, and a shiver went up my spine. And I went, and my son told me, he says, yeah, Dad, I made sure that you went in front because I figured you'd probably punch me. I said, I don't know. I'm getting old. I'm more into running. I'm punching right now. That's a shadow of the valley. It's not a real one. It's, it's you know, it's like, oh, knock that off. But there was a certain amount of, that was kind of cool. It scared me. I like to be scared sometimes. I was going to shiver there, a little anticipation. It's a shadow. It's that, got you. You see shadows on the wall of the valley as you're going through the canyon. And you're thinking, 
I don't think I can make it. I'm afraid. It's just, it's so dark. But you see, our valleys are not valleys of death. They're valleys of the shadow of death. And that's the wonder of walking with Jesus is it's only the shadows. The marvelous thing that I discovered when I came to receive him as Lord and Savior, I no longer had to feel like when I'm in these dark places, they were places of death. They were just shadows of death. And when the shadow falls over your life, and it will do that, count on it, you need to recognize it as just that. It's a shadow moment. It's just a shadow. Shadows are always bigger than the reality. Fear is always greater than the actual problem. It's the fear that's enormous, not the shadow of this fear. Shadows can't hurt you. You ever been run over by a shadow? I actually have. You think about it. I had a truck go by me and a big shadow goes by. Oh, there goes the truck. Doesn't affect you at all. Like, see you later, truck. Not a big deal. Shadows don't hurt us one inner. Shadows are image without substance. They can't hurt you. They can only scare you. They're just shadows. But perhaps the third thing that I always say, there's never a shadow without a light somewhere. There's never a shadow without a light somewhere. We have our, our, our cat. We've got this new cat, Fiona. Uh, and Fiona, you stand over the side, says she's jumping on the wall. I go, what's going on? And I realize my shadow is from standing in the spot and the light has shone over on the side of the wall. She's jumping at the shadow. A little shadow boxing going on, right? There's never a shadow without a light. There's never a shadow without a light. When you start to get afraid of the shadows and the dark valleys of life, you need to turn your back on the shadow and look directly into the light. And then the shadow will be, what? Behind you. It'll be behind you. Turn to the light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And when you look at him, you're no longer afraid. The shadows fall behind you. And you find yourself gradually sometimes, slowly but regularly and consistently being removed from the depression and being brought into a place of hope. It's interesting, Hosea talks about the Valley of Ancor, which means Valley of Depression, which became renamed to the Valley of Hope. And that's what happens in our valleys when we learn to walk with God through them. It says that valley becomes a valley of hope. I look back and I see what God did and how He changed everything and how He brought about good stuff out of that evil. And I go, that's become a valley of hope. And so all of our deep, dark valleys that were shadows, and we begin to understand it through the light, they become valleys of hope. The perspective changes entirely. So the big thing is when you get find yourself in the shadows, don't look at the shadow. Don't look at the valley. Don't look down. Look at the light. The righteous face many shadows, troubles. But the Lord rescues them from each and every one. Now, so here, here's what we learned today, hopefully. First of all, walk, don't run through the valleys of life. Slow down. You want to run. All you're going to do is fall on your face. 
Hey, if you walk slowly, you'll get through it. If you run, you will slam right into the ground. Don't run, walk. Hey, secondly, recognize it's his presence and his protection that will bring peace. It's God's presence, it's his protection that brings us peace. It's not about a set of formulas. It's not about 12 steps. It's not about all the things. I've got to remember what Pastor said. All you've got to remember. His presence, His protection will bring peace. Go back to Psalm 23. Go back to Proverbs 3, 5, whatever it is. But have that word planted in your heart. And when you come into that valley and you want to run, because that's the adrenaline, there it is. Ah! Stop. Walk slowly. Look up. Grab His hand. Say, okay, Lord. I don't know why I'm here, but I want you to show me why I'm here. And what can I do with this? How can I turn this crisis into an opportunity? How can I use this for good? I know I can. Shine your light. Make it clear in the midst of this struggle. Does does that all make sense to you? I think that's, that's all God's trying to teach us in this particular section of this home. That's all he's trying to teach us. Yeah. It's a big it's a big 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 huge lesson. Oh man, it's so hard to grab a hold of. Uh, l- let's close this with this kind of fun clip because I know you guys are like, "Woo, that was heavy." Okay. So let's watch this fun clip as we close. It's about a 30 second clip that I really like. And what it's about is a particular player in baseball who is known for his hustling ability and he saved the World Series by this particular play. And I'll comment on it in a minute. Let's watch it. Great play. This is the World Series, 1980. Bob Boone says, I could have kissed him right then. Man, I would have kissed him right then. No, he saved my back. Okay. He saved me, right? Right. This is the picture of God in the midst of us. You're going to find yourself in those dark valleys, and you're going to try to make the catch, whatever it is. It's issues of finances. It's issues of, of failure. It's issues of... of communications, it's all kinds of these things, and you're going to drop the ball. And you're going to think to yourself right then, oh my God, it's over. I blew it. I so blew it. And then you're going to realize that God is standing right behind you, and He's handing you the ball. Got it. Here you go. I got you covered. I got you covered. Now, it was funny, I was listening to Bob Boone in this particular area and talked about he said they always call him Charlie Hustle and Boone said well the dingbat he was supposed to be over there to catch the ball to begin with it was his ball to catch he didn't call me off I kept going okay any minute now he's going to knock me down any second now he's going to knock me down he said because that's just what Rose did perspective but the bottom line as he said was this because he said that smiling but boy at that, morning, at that moment, I could kiss that guy. I would have hugged him and kissed him. No problem. God takes care of us. He makes the catch after we drop the ball. And he turns something evil into something amazing that some 50 years later, well, not quite that far, you know, are we talking? 35 years later, we watch it 
And we go, wow, I remember when God did that. Father, thank you for walking with us through the valleys of the shadows of death. Those dark valleys in our life where we were so afraid and then you lifted the fear and you replaced it with a sense of hope. And then you changed that into a sense of excitement and joy and faith. And the result of those valleys where I drew so close to you that I said, my God can do anything. I no longer fear evil because I've learned that you are with me and that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They watch over me. And you will never leave me. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for all you've done and all you are. Continue your work in our life. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been great to share with you out of this psalm. I hope you were encouraged by it. Obviously, I even got a little emotional in the midst of it. As I remember what God has done and how he's continuing to work through. But I encourage you, keep quoting this psalm. And allow God to speak to you. So let's all stand. Everybody stand. We're going to close together. We're going to simply read the psalm together. Okay? And it starts off with, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside quiet. He makes me. He restores. He guides me. Paths of righteousness. Even though I will fear because your rod, they comfort me. Okay? Father, we pray this week that you'll help us not just to memorize this psalm, but to recognize it as a declaration of hope and life and meaning. Lord, we pray that you might pump us up there and remind us that you are God who loves us, who cares for us, who comforts us, but most of all, who is always with us. Be with us this week. Speak clearly. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.